The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. I'm Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. We're watching the radar right now. If weather breaks, we break in immediately. You're on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. And I'm Dayton's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend. There is a season Well, hello, ladies and germs, and welcome to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria show. This is the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. Good morning. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us again today. Our number in the studio is 457-1290. That's 937-457-1290. And remember, There is a Season can be heard anywhere around the country and the world on WHIO.com. So be sure to share the program with family and friends everywhere who can't listen locally. Yes, indeed. There's a lot of stuff we cover on this program that is uh, is good uh, food for thought, good fodder for conversation with family members. And obviously, they don't all live in our backyard. So if you want to be able to discuss something with a sibling or a child or a parent and so forth, and they're not in the same area, have them pull up WHO.com to do so. You know, in the course of doing this program over the years, you've heard us talk a lot about relationships. Uh, that is all the technical information we can share in the program like this about health and legal and financial stuff and choosing the right residential environment as you age and a hundred other things. All of that occurs so often amidst relationships, right? Spousal relationships, parent to child, child to child, child to parent and other configurations. And if the relationships are strained or have a history of bad blood or some other kind of bad, you know, baggage, right? So much other stuff suffers. And in fact, it never even gets attempted or done. That's so true, Bob. I mean, we've seen how change in aging and care issues in our own families have not always gone as smoothly as we would like. Mm-mm. And in and in talking <laughs> to so many others over the years, we know that this is true for so many families. Good relationships take work today, tomorrow, and always. Yes, indeed. And uh As it pertains more specifically to the role of caregiving for a family member, be it a spouse or a parent or other relative or a friend, certainly many of the tips we've provided on this program about healthy communication and overcoming conflict, they're they're appropriate, but there is frequently an even more heightened need to balance care with the goals of cooperation or collaboration or, or some might say joint participation between a caregiver and the person they're caring for. And uh, sometimes, on the other end of the spectrum, you're also trying to balance elements of control or management. I hate to use the word coercion. Or, or even the word control. It's right. It's, uh, it sounds good... ugly, but I think a lot of people would identify and know what, what we're talking about here. There are things that suddenly you, you got to step up what you're doing. You can't, you can't st- sit back passively. You have to exert a little bit more control over a situation. Yeah, if the cooperation angle isn't working, we sometimes have to move into the kind of control or or coercion. Yeah, what's a good example of this? Well, one that comes to mind is another show that we we did, um, the senior driving show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. At what point does the caregiver's role change from the practice of collaboration with a senior driver to having to remove or co-opt a senior's ability to drive? And that is such a big one. It's so hard. It's often not pleasant, but if someone has become a clear danger to him or herself and others, or has already had a series of maybe near misses or actual accidents, then there is indeed a higher responsibility that that caregiver has for the safety of others as well. Yeah, that, that's I a mean, good example. I mean, you can't turn your head, you can't turn a blind eye to that. Right. That, that, that is a good example. And and so people find themselves in, in different, you know, spots in that continuum, uh, not just <clears throat> at different times or with different people in their lives, but from day to day, the situation can change. Uh, There are a lot of examples like this uh, where it is ideal if decisions that are for the benefit of a senior bear that senior's input and are made collaboratively, you know, with his or her caregiver. But how do you know where that idea of collaboration may need to cede or defer to a more managed, controlled style? In what situations, right? 
Seniors are rightly concerned about the loss of independence, of feeling marginalized or forgotten in the discussions and decisions about their care. Caregivers, adult children typically, and a lot of times the eldest daughter, may, for the sake of convenience or peace of mind, start making more and more decisions on their own without input, right? It's, it's easy when you manage ABC to kind of say, well, I'm going to start managing DEF. You know, it's just a, a kind of a natural flow there because you're in that role. Sometimes seniors themselves begin to give up more than maybe they should, you know, because they're afraid of friction or they're afraid of annoying an adult child or a spouse. Well, and it you... could go the other way around. Yes. Sometimes we don't push where we really need to be pushing because we don't want to annoy or have friction, you know, with, with the, the elderly parent. Right. We don't want to have friction. We avoid these, and these a lot, types of And a lot of times, as, as we've said with caregiver uh, burnout, a lot of times we don't advocate for ourselves. We continue right. to serve and serve and serve no matter what the case and, and don't either, I don't want to use the word boundary necessarily, but don't set up some kind of rule for, of engagement for ourselves so that we're constantly in this giving role at our own expense. Yeah, I, I think boundaries are, I think that's an okay statement. So well, maybe we'll use that word. So okay. how, do you, how do you sort this stuff out? How do you work your way through this aspect of life change, this continuum of, of decision-making and so forth? Well, a geriatric internist, Dr. Elizabeth Kiasu, notes that watching parents lose their independence is one of the most challenging realities adult children face as their parents age. She says, quote, even if we rarely doubt ourselves when making decisions for our own children, making decisions while caring for elderly parents remains inherently ambiguous. She's quoted in an article called Parenting the Parent, Caring for Elderly Parents. And we're going to talk about this a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, this, there's, this article starts out with, with uh, this little story here. Linda's mother fell and broke her hip in May of 2005. The once independent 92-year-old woman, whose husband had died 47 years earlier, could no longer live alone. 59-year-old Linda, who lives 15 minutes away, had just four days to shift roles from self-exiled daughter to daily caregiver and major decision-maker. Now, this is an even more extreme example if somebody was estranged from the family. Right. Now, we're not talking <clears throat> about somebody who sort of gradually stepped into this right. role. Her immediate obligation was to find an assisted living situation for a woman who had never asked for help from anyone for anything. Her mother's stern attitude magnified the pressure Linda felt. And given a two-week reprieve when her mother was placed in a nursing home for rehab, Linda contacted... Uh, Jeannie Darnell at a place for mom who helped her locate an appropriate assisted living home in their area. This was the first difficult elder care decision Linda had to make that it was certainly far from being the last. Right. So then you get into the parent-child role reversal situation, which becomes awkward as you know, you know, Bob as well. So she says, my mother and I never enjoyed a get together for coffee type of intimacy. She confides. We were all business. So this change in our relationship remains monumental for both of us. I don't know what I would have done without this Jeannie Darnell who checked in with me every day until we found the right fit for assisted living. Even though Linda's mother tells others that she likes her new home, she will never admit as much to her only daughter. She says, my mother fell victim to the Canadian lottery scam a few years ago. I actually had to sue her to take control of her finances, Linda recalls. But moving her out of her home of 40 years, that's an entirely different level of responsibility. And I wonder if I'll ever be forgiven. Uh, this is Boy, just, this is... Just one story, and already you can feel the, the awkwardness and the pain of this, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and especially, and again, why do we do this show? One of the many reasons we do this show is we're trying to tell folks, whether you're estranged or not, it's coming, okay? Yeah, these I, I was are, just these... sitting here thinking, no one's immune from this right. unless they just don't have any parents. And, well, I have yet to see somebody born out of no parents. Right, or, or perhaps <laughs> they just don't care. Right, You know, maybe and they're totally estranged and they really just don't care. But most of us are going to face these uh, decision-making challenges where things are going to shift. The person, I mean, it happens with spouses, right? We've talked about this in the Alzheimer's programs uh, where one person goes into decline, but perhaps that person handled all the major decisions in finance, right, or, or things to do with the house or the car over the years, and then the other person has to step into that role. And oftentimes completely unprepared for that. And that's why on this show we also talk about 
getting things in order while things are still good. Right. Informing each other, you know, and I don't know that I know everything where, you know, in the situation I'm in. Oh, you, you could, know what I'm you saying? couldn't change a light bulb. I'm, I'm pretty much. Convinced. That sounds like a blonde joke. I'm it's, sorry. It, well, no, you know, I can do the light bulb. It's if, the, that whole computer thing. If the shoot. Oh boy. Passwords. And are you how off, do I get? Are you it? off of paper yet? So <laughs> Love and, paper. so they talk about the caregiving sweet spot. Like many children thrust into the role of caregiving for elderly parents, Linda has struggled with boundaries. So there's the word we used in the opening there. She visited too often during the first year, returning home most days physically and emotionally exhausted. Her mother never established close friendships, preferring stubborn self-sufficiency to intimacy with acquaintances. This sounds so familiar. So Linda endured the brunt of her mother's frustrations and resentments about losing her home, about losing her independence, and ultimately about losing her ability to control the direction of her own life. Linda says, I lived in hell for the first year because I couldn't find the balance. I would take a memento from the house to cheer her up, and she would be outraged because the token confirmed that she was indeed not ever going back home. I know I shouldn't have told her that she was never going home, but sometimes I just lose patience. Even though her mother's personality exasperated her own feelings of frustration, Linda understands that her own reactions are often unfounded and unfair. She'll insist Linda says that she needs a new toothbrush, implying that I am not taking care of her. So I'll go to the vanity, pull out a brand new one, one that's even still in the wrapper. I'll want to scream, look, Mom, it's right here. Your new toothbrush is right here. But I know that my mother is fading. The truth is I need to remember she is no longer independent physically or mentally. And it's a truth I really don't like to admit. And we're going to talk more about this uh, here this morning. And we'd love to know your thoughts at 457-1290. We see our families age, and there's a natural natural change in our roles. It's it's inevitable. It's not to say in all cases you have some people who retain a certain level of independence and decision-making well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, right? But in many cases, the role changes somehow. But how do we best continue to serve our loved ones if we sense that there's friction or resistance, what can be done to provide the very best care we can while getting the important buy-in from people that'll make a care relationship successful? That's all ahead. Plus your ideas. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 457-1290 when we continue. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hi everyone, Pete Kasuga here to tell you about our annual 4th of July sale. Now we're closed on the holiday because we want to have a picnic too, but we'll have some great deals for you all week so you can spruce up your yard for your party. We have flats of annuals starting at $8.99, shrubs as low as $8.95, and fabulous hanging baskets as low as $6.95. We have lots of planters full of proven winter plants ready to take home and enjoy. No extra work needed. We still have a huge selection of shade trees and fruit trees, weeping cherries, and Japanese maples. And we have planters and pottery by the semi-load. If you need to finish your spring project, come on out to 1309 Brant Pike. But remember, we'll be closed on the 4th. Day Air Credit Union has all the ingredients you need in a financial institution. Low rate loans to fit your lifestyle. Savings rates 17 times the national average. And six locations throughout the Miami Valley. So you can relax. Because at Day Air, you're doing business with people you know. Day Air membership is open to the entire Miami Valley. It's easy to join. Call, stop by, or visit dayair.org to get started. National average based on bankrate.com 416-2019. Day Air Credit Union is federally insured by the NCUA. Summer savings are happening now at Voss Chevrolet in Centerville. Stop in today and experience why Voss is still the largest Chevy dealership in the Miami Valley at one location. For a limited time, get 0% up to 72 months on all new Silverado Crew Cabs 1LT and 1SP in stock. Stop in today and check out the huge savings on all our new certified and pre-owned vehicles. Plus, with the Voss discount, you'll save even more. Chevy, find new roads. Voss Chevrolet, Loop Road in Centerville. Built on trust, driven by integrity. Stop by or visit VossChevy.com. 
Another hot day out there will start with temperatures near 70 degrees, climb to about 84 by the noon hour, and a high temperature of 89 degrees. Mostly sunny, hot, and humid. We'll see clouds pop up in the afternoon, and we could see a few scattered showers and storms developing in the afternoon. Those could last into the evening and overnight hours. Early overnight hours, a few of those isolated storms, then clearing up. Tonight's overnight low dropping to 69 degrees. Tomorrow, once again, hot and humid, mostly sunny with a high of 88 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. Glad you're along with us today. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. 457-1290 is our number if you'd like to join in live in the studio. If you don't want to be on the air, though, that's perfectly fine. You can leave a message with our fine producer at 937-457-1290. We're talking this morning here about caregiving, a, a favorite topic of ours on There is a Season. It is? Of course it is. It's just... that's, that's one of the foundational elements of the program, <laughs> Gloria. Anyway. I'm just um, joking. But we're particularly talking about changing roles uh, with regard to decision-making and so forth. Uh, let's just say, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how to label this continuum, but on one side you've got I, you know, the ideal of collaboration and uh, you know, thinking of things way ahead of time and a lot of communication and planning and all that kind of stuff. On the other side, you've got the need perhaps for you know, exerting control, coercion, uh, having to make decisions that may not be popular, but they simply have to be done. And so how do you decide when you're somewhere in, the, uh, you know, in that midst? Uh, is it a continuous thing that is, that's just going to move in one direction? Is it one way on a certain day and another way on another day? And that's kind of what we're getting into today. So if you've got some thoughts about this and, and how you've managed this transition or what's going on in your life, we'd love to hear that, 457-1290. In the meantime, we're talking about an article here called Parenting the Parent, and it discusses this, and um, we left off in the, the opening program uh, getting into this topic. So we'll continue. So we, we uh, mentioned this geriatric internist, Dr. Elizabeth Kiasu, and, you know, she says, well, we've witnessed our parents' decision-making our whole lives, right? Important decisions about us, their children, and themselves. Then their decision-making becomes impaired, and we end up making those decisions for them. Now, even if we rarely doubt ourselves when making decisions for our own children, making those decisions while caring for elderly parents remains, as she has said, inherently ambiguous. She said that eating is a perfect example. If our child isn't eating, we simply insist that they eat for nutrition alone. But our parents' refusal to eat, a complex conversation which often pits our hope to see them healthy again, against their determination to let go. Or <laughs> Or in the case of a kid, eat your vegetables or you don't get dessert, right? Yeah, and, and so you can't really, you know. You're not going to do the same thing. Sounds like kind of repeat, right. doesn't right. it? Like from what we had when we were raising our children. The best thing to do, she says, is to make decisions that totally respect their desires. But trying to predict those desires can be really tough. Learning about those desires requires candid conversations, like we were saying earlier, about the choices to be made. The sooner those conversations occur, the more prepared the entire family will be. You need to gauge whether your parents understand the consequences of the decisions they are making, regardless if those decisions involve medication, finance, advanced directives, transportation, <clears throat> social, you know, safety in their home. It doesn't matter what it is. You got to make sure that it's understood and that the consequences of the decisions are understood. Uh, that's really the heart of all of this. So in the case of this Linda we mentioned in the opening segment, her management of her mother's finances comes more easily when the court awarded her custody of her mother's estate after the lottery scam incident when her mother got taken advantage by the scam. Linda assumed she'd inherited the job for the rest of her mother's life. Linda's financial clarity alleviates one significant source of stress for the child caregiver. And she also established power of attorney for her mother, another valuable change in their legal relationship that I advocate for others in similar situations, says Kiasu. Kiasu stresses that there are individual nuances in every parent-child relationship. However, I recently heard about a patient whose family kept their father's 
dialysis appointments, even though he had expressed a preference to eliminate them. It turns out the children, who all worked, viewed the appointments as a form of daycare for their father, while also improving and prolonging his life. There's now, an, and we're going to have to break at the moment. We'll come back to that story. Uh, but this is the question we're asking you to think about today. What role in decision-making has changed in your life? How has it changed? Are you making more decisions, less decisions? Is it causing friction? How have you gone about managing that change? 457-1290. It's 937-457-1290. Anywhere in the area, if you'd like to weigh in, we'll be right back after the news. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You know, at one point, you know, it felt like the whole house was shaking, and I assume that's when our roof got ripped off. Through the storm. You need to be in your safe spot now. Through the aftermath. It's just debris everywhere. And through the recovery. He was, you know, of course crying and, you know, kind of traumatized. And here later, he keeps asking about our home and everything. So we told him, uh, it's got knocked down, but everything's going to be okay. We've gone through it all together. Together. Unbelievable damage, Larry. And we will continue to get through it together. You looked upstairs and you noticed uh, the bedrooms where uh, your uh, sons were at before you took them downstairs. And to be awfully scary thought when you saw what, uh, the destruction that went through. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Dayton Strong. station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Jonah Adi with the WHIO News Update. Our top story we're following this morning. We're looking ahead to 4th of July celebrations going on throughout the Miami Valley this upcoming week, but not for some. Another round of sunshine today. However, storms could crash the party. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. WHIO triple team traffic. We're checking things out on those freeways as well as the major service streets throughout our area. Not seeing any new activity out there that's going to cause you any trouble if you're making your way out on the roads this morning. And it is our top story. The 4th of July is next Thursday, which is a time for celebration throughout the U.S., but it's a particularly somber one for some in the Miami Valley. Many are still recovering from damage left by the Memorial Day storms, including tornado damage that is lingering. Trotwood saying that their 4th of July celebrations will need to be pushed back as a result. The Trotwood city manager says the celebration will be postponed until September. She says we're still in the restoration and recovery phase right now, which is why we We've decided to do our fireworks show during our annual family reunion weekend. WHIO's Monica Castro says that date will be September 27th for Trotwood's fireworks. We'll have a full list of what's happening next week as part of the celebrations on our website. That's WHIO.com. Well, President Trump saying that he's hoping to speak with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un at the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas and ask about the murder of a Saudi journalist. Nobody so far has pointed directly a finger at the future king of Saudi Arabia. In fact, many people, including international investigators, have pointed many fingers at Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in connection with the death of Jamal Khashoggi. That's Tom Foti with team coverage. Well, to Springfield, where we're getting reports of double stabbing off of East Road earlier this morning. Cops saying at least two people were reportedly stabbed, one in the arm. There could have been a third victim as well. We're working to learn more information about the situation here and we'll bring updates as we get them. Well, let's get a look at the ex most accurate and dependable forecast from meteorologist Jesse Mag. Another hot day out there. We'll start with temperatures near 70 degrees, climb to about 84 by the noon hour, and a high temperature of 89 degrees. Mostly sunny, hot, and humid. We'll see clouds pop up in the afternoon, and we could see a few scattered showers and storms developing in the afternoon. Those could last into the evening and overnight hours. Early overnight hours, a few of those isolated storms, then clearing up. Tonight's overnight low dropping to 69 degrees. Tomorrow, once again, hot and humid, mostly sunny with a high of 88 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station 1290 and 957 WHIO. A latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. Partly cloudy skies, hot and humid already this morning from the looks of things. 77 degrees right now in Troy. We're seeing
being 81 degrees in Urbana, 78 in Xenia, 81 here in Dayton at 933. I'm Jonah Adi, WHIO Continuing News. 1959 was a very special year. Do you know why? Hi, this is Randy from Green Velvet Sod Farms, and this year we're celebrating our 60th year in business. Green Velvet's founders, Ray and Mary Tischer, planted the seeds that would become Green Velvet on their farm near Bellbrook back in 1959. Over time, as the farm grew, our customers asked us for additional products to help grow and maintain plants in the landscape, such as grass seed, fertilizers, weed killers. And what was a small sod farm back in 1959, today grows over 700 acres of instant lawn sod and distributes a wide range of turf and ornamental supplies, serving the needs of landscape professionals throughout Ohio. Put 60 years of experience to work for you. Our team of turf professionals can provide you with solutions to all of your needs in the landscape. With four locations throughout Dayton and Columbus, the Green Velvet Advantage is not far away. Check out our website at greenvelvet.com. And remember, it's easy to be green with Green Velvet. Sam Weish was a quarterback, head coach, and broadcaster in the NFL. Last year, he became a heart recipient. And now I know what a miracle feels like. My new heart gave me a new mission in life, and that is to get others to sign up to be organ donors. There are over 130 million people that have already signed up to be a part of that. Please sign up to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. This is WHIO Radio News Director Brittany Otto. A couple of weeks ago, we reached out to you and asked for $20,000 that could be used to provide fresh food to the victims of the Memorial Day tornadoes. Well, we're proud to let you know that you really came through. We ended up raising over $170,000. Plus, the Cox Foundation has pledged an additional $120,000 to charities helping with the relief as well. There is still time to donate, though. You can go to WHIO forward slash tornado relief and again thank you from whio to buy your home you became a house hunting ace learned about loans scoured neighborhoods and asked the right questions now you're queen of your castle if you manage that you can get your retirement plan on track visiting aceyourretirement.org can help with 401k tips and smart saving strategies you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home go to aceyourretirement.org Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Clark Howard here on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO Dayton's News and Talk. Own a Google Nest device? When you get home, tell Google to play WHIO Radio. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Well, good morning and welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan, 457-1290, if you'd like to join the conversation today. You know, misery loves company. We're sitting here alone in the studio. (laughs) Are you you saying it's misery to be doing the radio show or it's misery to be going through some of these issues? Misery to be doing the radio show. Oh, I I see. Well, drive by the station, you'll see a big (laughs) help wanted sign out front. Tape it to the window right now. Hey, we're talking about caregiving and changing roles and decision making. Uh, You know, when is collaboration the right thing? you know, advanced planning and so forth. When is that the right thing? Is coercion or co-opting or outright control ever justified, as ugly as those things may sound? What is the role and responsibility of a caregiver when faced with a loved one who is apparently making bad decisions or dangerous decisions or simply resisting change? Hmm. Four five seven twelve ninety. if you'd like to join us with your thoughts. We've been talking here about Uh, the article Parenting the Parent, Caring for Elderly Parents, and this whole uh, management of that change in in relationships and roles. Yes. So the decisions are never clear-cut for the children. No, no, they're not. We feel guilty when we admit exhaustion or that the demands of our parents' care fall beyond our skill set sometimes. People don't realize they can place their parent in an assisted living center or maybe even a nursing home for a limited stay, say for rehab. Um, People don't often know that assisted living homes come in many different forms and styles. And because Linda, who we've been talking about, was never close to her mother, her situation has been especially challenging. 
She can't rely upon a foundation of intimacy with her mother. And now she's propelled into a very intimate situation, essentially deciding the course of her mother's life without any prior directives or any prior conversations about this topic. And we talk about that on this show, how have the conversation before we get into these difficult situations. You know, then maybe you can go back and say, Dad, Mom, do you recall that conversation we had? And you thought, too, it was a good idea. Well, we're there now. Right. And, and this, this, is not, this is not a one-sided kind of thing. In this case here, the Linda was estranged from her, her mother. It's also about the person who's going to receive the caregiving. When we talk about how do you want to age, how do you want to get older and so forth, if at some point you foresee, and this is a hard thing for people to do, but you believe at some point down the road someone's going to need to be caring for you and handling some decisions, well, what say do you want to have in that? How do you want to set that up? Are you going to talk about certain topics? I think a lot of people think they're never going to have to talk about this stuff. Right. And I often think that um, on the elderly parents' side, I see so often that they forget or they don't even, I just think they forget or they don't even think about it, how difficult if they don't talk about it and if they don't set things up in a certain way, how hard it is going to be for their child to navigate through some of this. Things can be made much easier, but people do not want to have the conversation. They don't want to share information. And I have to, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of us ask, well, why? Why does it have to be that way? Well, it can make things more difficult for an adult child, but it also can end up boomeranging back on the person who's being cared for uh, in the terms of, of bad decisions, rush decisions, uh, incomplete knowledge going into a decision and so forth if you haven't shared certain information. And I know people are very uh, careful about maintaining their independence and maintaining their privacy. And, you know, there's a time, you know, where my business will become somebody else's business and so forth. You never know what day that's going to be. Yeah, and that often becomes, I think, a motto for so many older people. You know what I mean? I'm going to maintain my independence. I'm maintaining control. At what point does a person stop and, you know, and say, it's time for me to relinquish some of that to make things easier for all of us? Something for everybody to think about. So uh, we're, we're wondering what your thoughts are. 457-1290. 457-1290 if you'd like to join in on the program here. We're going to talk here about what are some things that you can do to have this conversation or to open these things up when you've got resistance uh, to decision-making. What are the best ways to approach a loved one about the, the very things that are going to affect that person's life? Um, you may discuss things jointly at some point with doctors who may give you some idea of a person's uh, situation regarding their health, right? Uh, About things they might need, things that are uh, not getting addressed. That is, indeed, if you can get someone to a doctor to have these discussions. So I think you want to begin here up front by having a kind of an open, non-threatening conversation to say what help is needed, right? Not what decisions need to be made, what area do I need to control? But what help might be needed? It's a great way to open the conversation. Make yeah. an honest assessment of what kind of help a loved one might need and which services might be uh, might work best, which things you can provide, which things they might want somebody else to provide. But open up the topic in a very non-threatening way about what, what could you use here in your life at this point, at this stage of your life. Well, and I think that it's very important to remember that when your loved one is in need of care, we have to keep in mind that he or she is likely dealing with a lot of loss. It's so important to keep that at top of mind. Physical loss, mental loss, sometimes the loss of a spouse or a loved one, and the loss of independence. And to them, accepting help might mean relinquishing privacy and adjusting to these new routines. So just remember, they uh, amidst, might feel frightened uh, yeah, yeah. and vulnerable and angry even that he or she ha- knows they need help. Um, and I think a lot of times, too, guilty about the idea of becoming a burden to family or friends. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it, to, to approach a person about the need for care, you have to choose a time when you and your loved one or someone you're caring for are relaxed, not when you've just had an argument. It'll make things easier for you and your loved one to listen to each other and speak your mind. You, you mentioned there um, something that triggered something in my mind when you were talking about both the idea of, uh, of being a burden and um, 
you know, just just the I was thinking about the things that families don't talk about. I guess that's that's what I come down to. And again, another reason why we do this program. Why are there so many things kept off the menu as if they're never going to happen? So I occasionally joke with my kids today about, well, who's going to take care of me? Right. Who's going to put up with me? when I'm old? Don't forget this is coming your way down the road. Which one of you is moving away and which one of you is staying staying around? And they know I do the, the, the radio show and they know that I talk about these things. But I'm trying to plant the seeds early in their minds that this is the way we have de- de- defined family. This is the way that we value this. Now, maybe they won't. Maybe down the road they'll say, good riddance, Pop. Yeah. Put me on an ice flow and that's it, right? I'm, I'm gone. In your dreams, Pop. <laughs> Care? Care for you, Dad? I, no, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, I don't see it. Uh, but uh. but if, if indeed they care at all, if we've raised them right, um, that's something I want them thinking about. But it means having a frank conversation. And, and, and what do people always say? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. It's morbid. I don't want to talk it's about depressing. the It's depressing and so forth. You're going to need to talk about it sooner or later. Oh, yeah. Right? And if you're not going to talk about it, someone else is just going to do it. That's again. And yes. So, so there we are in that continuum. Why don't you want to talk about it? That's right. So it's important to ask about a loved one's preferences, right? Right. About like maybe which family member or what type of service provides care. You might not be able to meet all your loved one's wishes, right? But it's important to take all of their wishes into consideration. And if, you know, if your loved one has trouble understanding, you simplify your explanations and the decisions that you expect him or her to make themselves. The other thing you can do if you have siblings or other people in the family, you enlist their help. Family and friends might be able to help you persuade your loved one to accept help, Right. Right. And, and you, this, again, another reason why we want to always say start early. Don't give up. Just because you bring up a topic uh, and it gets trashed maybe the first time you, you want to discuss it. A classic example I can think about is a situation in my own family where getting the essential documents done, the wills and the powers of attorney and so forth, took 10 years. 10 years to actually get to the point where somebody was willing to sign a document um, for whatever set of reasons, you know, and it wasn't as if the finances were terribly complicated or there was some massive fortune. It was the act of admitting that I was going to relinquish some form of control. That's someone what else. it's about, relinquishing privacy and independence and right. control. So we had to stay at that, you know, in, in the family and keep saying, hey, these are things that need to be done at some point sooner or later. Th- this myth that we're going to live forever and be masters of our own world and our own king it's just not it's just not going to happen right right so there's certain ways that you could try to encourage some cooperation such as say your loved one needs some type of assistance right or care so you suggest a trial run don't ask your loved one to make a final decision about the kind of care he or she receives right away say let's do a trial run this might give a hesitant um, person a chance to test the waters and experience the benefits of assistance or a transition to their living arrangement, right? Describe the care always in a positive way. Refer to maybe respite care as an activity that your your loved one likes. Talk about a home care provider as a friend. Um, refer to your loved one as a volunteer or a helper at the center, someone that's going to come in and just assist them a little bit. We touched on this earlier, and this is to explain your needs as a caregiver. You want to be able to ask your loved one to accept care to make your life a little bit easier. There's nothing that this does not have to be sewn up in any kind of guilt or any kind of like making up for the you know past uh, injury and, and all of this kind of thing. The fact of the matter is, if a caregiver does not have some accommodation for lifestyle, for for their own health, for their own energy, for their own responsibilities, the sandwich generation is a perfect example of this, right? If you're caught in that sandwich generation where you're caring for someone who's older and you've already got your full family there in your midst, that's a challenging role, let alone if you then add a job in there and other, other kinds of things. Right. People have to become cognizant of that. And I think sometimes there can be this kind of unilateral you know, relationship where I think you're my key point. You're my caregiver. You're devoted strictly to me. Uh, and that's not always going to be the case. And, and that's a, a difficult thing that a lot of caregivers go through is balancing that. How can I juggle all of these things? Again, we're always saying prepare for it. Don't be shocked by it. Don't live a life that's so overextended. You can't care for a loved one when they're older. But how do you manage that? How do you get to that? By having some open, frank conversations well in advance. Right, right. Another issue that comes up is obviously cost. So your loved one might resist care out of concern about the cost. 
And there's a lot of ways to, you know, to ease that concern if your loved one's care, you know, is covered by Medicaid or some other funding that they've saved up. Share that information to help ease his or her worries. You know, a lot of people have their retirement funds and, you know, that's what they're for, for retirement. So hopefully if people have that, you have to, it's hard to even let go of that. It's, it's almost as though they don't want to spend the money on themselves to have good care. Right, because there's a, there's a fear, you know, uh, that somehow or another you know, they'll run out. Go. That's right. Right, yeah. right, right. Pick your battles. Also something else we would suggest, uh, do your best to understand your loved one's point of view, right? So let's say there's five or six key things you want to go over. Safety, right, mobility. Uh, they're not getting out enough. They're not social enough. You're worried about money. You're worried about what they're eating, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. You can't, you can't get on all of this. Who, who of us would want to be, you know, henpecked about all of those things at the and, same and time? And the big ones that we always talk about on this show, something that's absolutely critical in this day and age, are those five essential documents. Right, right. You know. And that's in the but, legal financial side. But, but, for but instance, it's very important what was the example to get those. We, we came up with during the break. Up. It was in the article, too, about diet, for instance, right? There might be somebody's eating too much sugar, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are, who might be eating you, too much you, sugar, right? Sure, or watching too much TV. Are you going to go to the mat every time on that? Well, not if you've got something more serious you want to discuss, right? Right, right. Uh, if someone's got poor circulation, they need to have their feet up, or they've got swelling, right? You could make that case, and you could try to. You may have to be kind of strategic about it and say, all right, I'll bring this up maybe once a month, but I'm not going to try to force this and push this and keep battering and battering and battering. Nobody wants that, and you're not going to get anywhere. Unless it's a true safety or health concern that really needs to be addressed. Right. Right. So keep in mind, you know, some of these strategies here are, are appropriate, but they become perhaps a little less uh, apropos when dealing with someone who's got dementia. And we're going to talk more about this in length in another program. What do you do if uh, a loved one continues to resist care and your decision-making on their behalf, but they're endangering himself or herself? Well, what do you do? A lot of times they suggest you enlist the help of a professional. Your loved one might be more willing to listen to the advice of a doctor, lawyer, or care manager about the importance of receiving care and about the importance of you entering that decision process. Right, right. Resistance to care is a challenge that many caregivers face. And by keeping your loved one involved in decisions about his or her care and explaining the benefits of assistance, you might be able to help your loved one feel more comfortable about helping or about accepting help from anybody, yourself or somebody on the outside. There's more when we come back, including some terrific resources you can access to learn more about this very topic. How do you make decisions? When do you make decisions? How do you have that conversation? Also, we're going to take a peek at some upcoming programs We've got in store for you here in the next several weeks. That's right around the corner. Don't go away. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hi, everyone. Pete Kasuga here to tell you about our annual 4th of July sale. Now, we're closed on the holiday because we want to have a picnic, too. But we'll have some great deals for you all week so you can spruce up your yard for your party. We have flats of annuals starting at $8.99, shrubs as low as $8.95, and fabulous hanging baskets as low as $6.95. We have lots of planters full of proven winter plants ready to take home and enjoy. No extra work needed. We still have a huge selection of shade trees and fruit trees, weeping cherries, and Japanese maples. And we have planters and pottery by the semi-load. If you need to finish your spring project, come on out to 1309 Brant Pike. But remember, we'll be closed on the 4th. Do you have CNC experience? Then start your career with Dayton Progress today and come work with the best in the business. Dayton Progress is the leading international manufacturer of tools and tooling components for the metal stamping industries and has immediate openings. Dayton Progress offers competitive wages, private health care, including vision and dental, free life insurance, a contributory 401k, bonus programs, promotions from within, company service recognition, and 100% tuition reimbursement to local state colleges. Dayton Progress 
Express is a great place to work and has been a Dayton landmark for over 70 years. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at 500 Progress Road in West Carrollton or email your resume to jobs at DaytonProgress.com. That's jobs at DaytonProgress.com. Hi, I'm David Turpin, president of Dayton Progress, and I'm speaking to you today about the wonderful opportunities that await you at Dayton Progress Corporation. Start your career with us now. Dayton Progress is an equal opportunity employer. I love shopping. Shoes, jeans, smartphones, you name it. I also love shopping for diamond jewelry, but I never think of buying diamonds for myself. I want those diamond studs I've been hinting about for the last few months. Know what? My hinting days are over. I'm going to James Free Jewelers and buying it for myself because I can. And now it'll be for me from me. Buy exactly what you love at James Free Jewelers, 3100 Far Hills Avenue in Kettering, or online at jamesfree.com. MZA is a proven industry leader in physics-based modeling, analysis, and development of laser and sensor systems. They have unique problem-solving expertise in aero-optics, beam control, laser system effectiveness, adaptive optics, enhancement of surveillance systems, and more. MZA's WaveTrain software has been used on every major Air Force high-energy laser program of the past 20 years. They are enabling the next generation of airborne lasers and surveillance. MZA stands at the intersection of research and technology. Baby boomers have shared their frustration about how much tax they pay. Let me reverse that for you and put the emphasis on saving taxes. This is Chuck Oliver, founder of the Hidden Wealth Solution, and I've been helping clients for over two decades to get their retirement on track and avoid the tax traps. Daily, I see clients paying taxes needlessly instead of maximizing their financial future. Learn how to save unnecessary tax and optimize your retirement. Visit retirementprotected.com, retirementprotected.com. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is WHIO Radio News Director Brittany Otto. A couple of weeks ago, we reached out to you and asked for $20,000 that could be used to provide fresh food to the victims of the Memorial Day tornadoes. Well, we're proud to let you know that you really came through. We ended up raising over $170,000. Plus, the Cox Foundation has pledged an additional $120,000 to charities helping with the relief as well. There is still time to donate, though. You can go to whio.com forward slash tornado relief and again, Thank you from WHIO. Does your child have dreams? Some babies are born with SCID, a serious defect of the immune system. Fortunately, my daughter Cassie was screened, diagnosed, treated, and cured. With newborn screening, Cassie and every child can have a lifetime of dreams. All newborns need to be screened for SCID. A simple test may save your baby's life. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. To learn more, talk to your doctor or visit our website at info4pi.org. Another hot day out there will start with temperatures near 70 degrees, climb to about 84 by the noon hour, and a high temperature of 89 degrees. Mostly sunny, hot, and humid. We'll see clouds pop up in the afternoon, and we could see a few scattered showers and storms developing in the afternoon. Those could last into the evening and overnight hours. Early overnight hours, a few of those isolated storms, then clearing up. Tonight's overnight low dropping to 69 degrees. Tomorrow, once again, hot and humid, mostly sunny with a high of 88 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on Dayton Severe Weather Station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking about caregiving and decision-making. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a little art and science uh, to, to manage that change, the change of roles and so forth. And I think one thing I was pointing out, and, and we don't have enough time to do all a lot on this, but the whole idea of, uh, of any decision, it tends to be a complicated thing sometimes for uh, seniors who may deal uh, with difficulty in language and understanding or processing certain things. But I also see sometimes the habitual nature of saying, I don't want to change, so I'm going to make this more complicated. You're trying to say, all we need to do is to fix it. We, we may be very analytical and say, I've thought about this. I want to change this. And they might want to say, I don't well, want to change that. I'm going to tell you eight reasons why. Yeah, or or like you said, Bob, earlier, your father used to say, well, the problem is, right. or, yeah, or the what you don't is, understand. Right, right, and then make it more complicated. <laughs> now, it's not to say that there aren't valid points on right. both sides. right. But there is a, there's a, a kind of a resistance, a little dance that people do trying to get down to the basic truth. The truth might be, I, I need a problem because to have a problem makes things more relevant, you know? Yeah, for them. I need to have a problem ongoing. I don't want to solve that and suddenly have nothing else to worry about or complain about. That might be one aspect. Somebody might be saying, look, damn the torpedoes. We'll just spend your money and get something fixed because I think it needs to be done. And you can see how people would react on both sides to those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, quickly here, let me tell you a couple of things you can look at. Some articles. One's called Eight Tips for Gentle Decision-Making for Your Aging Elders Care. That can be found at the caregiver space. Another one is at agingcare.com, uh, how to make tough decisions as a caregiver. Um, and a third one is with the Alzheimer's Association, ALZ.org, which is called Respect for Autonomy. And uh, you can look up those articles. If you need those, again, write to us at Bob and Gloria at There is a Season Show Dot com. We'll leave you with this. If wrinkles must be written upon our brows, let them not be written upon the heart. The spirit should not grow old. I That's like true. That. I like that. That's true. Our bodies fade, right? Our minds might fade, but the spirit can continue on. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for us today. You've got some great programs coming your way. We tell you all about those here next week. Uh, Thanks very much for being here with us. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend and co-host Gloria Shanahan, our producer Sarah, and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for being here this morning. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.